my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it really has become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I am so grateful to have you here. Yay, you're here. Happy Thanksgiving. I cannot believe, absolutely cannot believe that Thanksgiving is next Friday or next Thursday. That is just mind-blowing to me. This year has flown by at such an incredibly fast pace that I feel like it should still be April or maybe May or June. It's just gone so quickly, but With all of that said, happy Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you, and I am so thankful for everything God is doing in my life, and I know that he's doing in yours as well. Today, for my tip for establishing the habit of Bible reading and prayer, I'm actually going to talk about journaling for just a couple of minutes. As you know, I'm a huge fan of journaling. I'm a huge journaler, and what's shared weekly on this podcast is pieces of my journals from my own healing journey. And the things I share here are not really true journaling necessarily. They're devotional thoughts that I've written in my own personal devotion time. It's kind of how I've learned to study the Bible over the years, how to dig in, how to tie things together from Old Testament to New Testament, and again, just study the meanings of words in Hebrew or Greek. And um, so it's kind of just a the end result of all of that. Um, but the last couple of weeks, I have been studying gratitude for the last joy principle that I've been writing for a book I'm working on called Overflow, The Fine Art of Cultivating Joy and Sorrow. And it is just unbelievably fascinating how much research there is for the power of gratitude. It is literally life-changing. And one of the things that I've read is um, that it can't just be an attitude of gratitude, but a practice of gratitude. And so I have added something to my journaling, which is I have started gratitude journaling probably about two to three weeks ago now I started this. And so each day I just do some days one thing, sometimes, you know, maybe two or three. Usually I try to do three Um, And some days I've had more, but I just try to look back over the day before and write what I am thankful for from that day. And so it's kind of turned into a twofold blessing. I can write a memory while I'm giving thanks for that memory. It helps me sort of debrief the day before. You know, so many times we just, all the days melt together and and they just kind of become this one big blob in our minds. But it's really helped me to go back. And even if I had a dark day the day before or a heavy day the day before, I can look back and see, wow, that was really a beautiful day. I lived in the grace of God. I lived in the, the beauty of God's presence. He was there. There was so much wonder 
and so much joy that unfolded that I would have maybe missed if I hadn't gone back to write about it and to say thanks for it. And in my own life, this has really been a gift the last few weeks to just, again, look for the beauty, to recall how I saw God at work in the previous 24-hour window. It's been very cool. And again, it's been twofold. It's recording of memories in some cases, not always, but some cases, along with, with thanking God for it. And I do not want to become an ungrateful person. The Bible says that in the last days, people are going to be unthankful. It is going to be a characteristic attitude of the end times. And I do not want ingratitude to creep into my heart. So many ugly things are a result of ingratitude in our lives. And so if you're not a journaler or you've struggled to journal, which again, there is no requirement to journal. Not everyone has to journal. I just know there are a lot of benefits to it. And I've seen a lot of benefits in my own life. But maybe if you've wanted to start and you've struggled to start, gratitude journaling would be a good way for you to do it. Just each day, write down one or two or three things that you're thankful for, maybe from the day before like I've been doing. And so that's today's tip. Start gratitude journaling. It's that simple. I don't really have any bullet points of do this, do that. It's, it's very simple. You open up a notebook, you get out a pen, and you write down what you're thankful for. I am going to give you two assignments today, speaking of paper and pen. Number one is to listen to a sermon that my pastor preached on Sunday called Living in the Key of Gratitude. It was so good, and it will be a far greater benefit in your life than this podcast. So listen to that sermon. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And number two, do a little research on the power of gratitude. Just Google scientific research for gratitude or something like that. You can phrase it any which way. There are so many articles that come up, so much research that's been done on the topic, and I'm going to share some of it today. But I just want to encourage you to go search it out for yourself. It will convince you to be thankful. Gratitude is life-changing, absolutely life-changing. And today, in lieu of an unedited journal entry, I am going to share the skeleton chapter that I've put together. It's a joy principle on gratitude. It's the 16th joy principle that I've written. And I am going to share this today. And so today's joy principle, gratitude. Elizabeth Elliot said, The ones who have been the most influential in my life are people who have learned 1 Thessalonians 5.18. They have learned to give thanks. And I would say without exception, when I look back at the great icons of my life, they were people who have suffered. And the more they've suffered, the more they've seemed to radiate and give thanks to God. Gratitude cultivates joy. Like rejoicing, we are told by the Apostle Paul, in everything give thanks. Paul says, in everything. Paul instructs gratitude with no exceptions. Give thanks always, everywhere. He doesn't say give thanks for everything, but rather that no matter where life finds us, we can and should give thanks and express gratitude there. Gratitude and thanksgiving are both attitudes we cultivate and actions we employ. Sometimes gratitude flows from a full heart, and at other times, gratitude is a decision and an intentional practice 
in spite of present challenges or heartbreak. We must teach ourselves to be grateful. Flesh and our carnal nature are naturally discontent and look at what they don't have. Case in point, Eve. She had the world's most perfect man, an unbroken relationship with God, and a paradise to live in. Yet she was willing to put it all on the line for one piece of fruit and the elusive power that came with it. It was the one thing she didn't have and she wanted it. This is classic ingratitude leading to discontent and we can all identify with it. We can easily fall into the same trap by focusing on what we don't have instead of being grateful for what we do have. The Word of God instructs us over and over to be thankful, to give thanks and thanksgiving, to be grateful. Never does the Bible tell us to feel thankful because giving thanks is not dependent on feelings. We can give thanks when our heart feels thankful and when it doesn't. We are called to offer thanksgiving even when it's a sacrifice. Reverend Raymond Woodward spoke about this so beautifully in the following sermon quote. Hebrews 13:15 By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Sometimes thanks feels like a celebration because we've got a lot to say thanks for and sometimes it feels like a sacrifice because right now life's upside down and you're battling depression and your body's going through sickness and your family is going through turmoil but that's when you give the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Here's what you do. You offer thanks with your mouth until your emotions catch up. Don't let your emotions lead you around by the nose. Your emotions are undependable. Offer the sacrifice of praise. What is it? It's the easiest, most instinctive way through the door into his presence. Just say, thank you, Jesus. I don't know why I'm going through this, but I can tell you how I'm coming out of this trial. I'm going to be in church with my hands lifted high, and I'm going to be saying, Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for me. You've brought me out. Say thanks with your mouth until your feelings catch up, because saying thanks can change your life. What Reverend Raymond Woodward shares here is true. Saying thanks can change your life. There is a massive correlation between joy and giving thanks, between joy and gratitude. One of the absolutely most fascinating aspects of writing and compiling this book has been finding that research supports nearly all of the joy principles. The joy principles shared here are things I have personally found through experience along the pathway of life, yet they are not simply personal experience. The joy principles in Overflow are rooted in scripture and I've also discovered that research backs up the word. God designed that obedience to his word and the principles contained in it will cultivate joy. Gratitude is no exception. Give thanks in all things is more than an aspiration. It's a command with reward. Gratitude will cultivate joy. Research it. I'm not making it up. Brene Brown is a researcher who spent two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. She spent 12 years studying 11,000 pieces of data and shares the following. The relationship between joy and gratitude was one of the most important things I found in my research. I wasn't expecting it. In my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview one person who I described themselves as joyful, who also did not actively practice gratitude. For me, it was very counterintuitive because I went into the research thinking that the relationship between joy and gratitude was if you're joyful, you should be grateful. But that isn't it isn't that way at all. Instead, practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. 
practice is the part that really changed my life, that really changed my family's way of life every day. When I say practice gratitude, I don't mean the attitude of gratitude or being grateful. I mean practicing gratitude. These folks shared in common a tangible gratitude practice. Some of them kept gratitude journals. Some of them did interesting things like at 1, 2, 3, 4 or 1234 every day, they said something out loud they were grateful for in their lives. There's a great quote from a Jesuit priest that says, It's not joy that makes us grateful, it's gratitude that makes us joyful. I guess it was just amazed to see that bubble up in my research so quickly. It's life-changing. Brene Brown is not the only researcher who has made incredible discoveries about gratitude. A Google search reveals article after article that prove the power of gratitude. Here are a few additional samples. From Harvard, another leading researcher in this field, Dr. Martin E.P. Seligman, a psychologist at the University of Pennsylvania, tested the impact of various positive psychology interventions in 411 people, each compared with a control assignment of writing about early memories. When their week's assignment was to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had not been properly thanked for his or her kindness, participants immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. The impact was greater than that from any other intervention, with benefits lasting for a month. According to Robert E. Emmons, one of the key proponents in the field of gratitude research, gratitude has two key components, first as an affirmation of goodness, and then as a way for us to acknowledge that the sources of this goodness are outside of ourselves. Gratitude wires and fires new neural connections in the brain to the bliss center. Isn't that crazy? We have a bliss center. I love that. Gratitude enhances dopamine and serotonin, the neurotransmitters responsible for happiness. Gratitude reduces fear and anxiety by regulating the stress hormones. Then again from Harvard Health, in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. I don't know about you, but I am thoroughly convinced. Clearly, gratitude works. When we choose to practice gratitude, no matter how we feel or what is going on around us, joy is cultivated. While Thanksgiving is both a scriptural command and scientifically proven to help cultivate joy, we can also see in the Bible that Thanksgiving has several other effects in our lives. Number one, thanksgiving is an entry point to his presence. Psalms 100, 4 through 5. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Years ago, when I first began my own personal Bible reading and prayer journey, This particular Bible verse was a key in how I learned to pray. Each day, I would begin by thanking God, and as I did, I could feel myself drawing closer and closer to Him, and I could more and more clearly sense His presence. If you have struggled to feel like you're accessing the presence of God in prayer, I would encourage you to begin a habit of thanking Him in your prayer time. Walk through the doors of the throne room by looking for things to thank Him for. When you start to look for them, we realize there are many and a sense of true, deep gratitude begins to well up on the inside of our hearts. 
Everyone is drawn to someone who appreciates them and takes time to thank them for the kindnesses shown. God is no different, and I believe this is one of the ways that we can see humanity made in the image of God. He appreciates being appreciated. Thanksgiving and gratitude have a drawing effect for God, and they are a pathway into His manifest presence. And as we know about His presence, it is there that we experience overflowing joy. In His presence is fullness of joy. Gratitude comes full circle in full overflowing joy. Number two, gratitude is a key to overcoming anxiety and fear and brings peace into our lives. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In this verse, Paul does not just make a command to stop worrying and stop being anxious. He instead offers an exchange. He says, stop doing one thing and start doing another thing. He essentially tells his readers to replace anxiety with prayer, supplications, and thanksgiving. Stop worrying, start praying and thanking, and the result will be that the peace of God will come into your life. You will no longer be dominated by fear and anxiety, but rather your heart will be ruled by peace. The combination of prayer and giving thanks ushers peace into our lives. Overcoming anxiety and being settled in joy is in part accomplished through gratitude and thanksgiving. I have a couple of other points that I'm working on. Um, Gratitude helps overcome depression, dark feelings, and sorrow. And I just want to read a little bit of the research. Um, It says, We already know that on a neurological level, gratitude alters the structure of the brain and activates useful emotional zones in the prefrontal cortex. But equally as amazing is gratitude's effect on the body's physiology when we feel grateful and activate those healing emotions of positivity and optimism, our brain releases a surge of those feel-good chemicals and hormones like dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. These urges enhance mood and ease anxiety. There is even evidence that a sustained gratitude practice abates the symptoms of clinical depression and PTSD over time. In conjunction with professional services or medication, incorporating thankfulness as a daily habit can operate like a natural antidepressant and it's available to everyone. And also, God is glorified through thanksgiving. And again, that is not done. It's not a complete chapter, but there's just so much in that research that I just felt passionate about sharing this week going into thanksgiving. And so that was Joy Principle 16 on the power of gratitude. Gratitude, like Brother Woodward said, really will change your life. And so, again, my tip for today, start a gratitude journal, be thankful, give thanks in all things, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed script of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I so look forward to the power of this habit in your life, coupled with Thanksgiving. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, happy Friday.